Incredible edibles start with Loran. Professional bakery emulsions, super strength flavors, and candy mixes from Loran make it easier than ever to create your own delicious edible experience. Bite Me listeners in the contiguous 48 receive 15% off their order at loranoils.com. Just enter Bite Me 15 at checkout. For listeners outside the 48, email customercare at loranoils.com for a list of distributors and retailers near you and tell them Marge sent you. In today's episode, we're talking about rhubarb, specifically rhubarb crumble. I've got a great recipe for you today, so let's get into it, shall we? Welcome to Bite Me, the show about edibles where I help you take control of your high life. I'm your host, Marge, and thank you for listening. This has been a weird time with everything going on right now, and I'm sure a lot of you are pretty distressed over the recent events, possible earthquakes, and rallies and protests for Black Lives Matter. I don't know if I want to make this too political, but a lot of you might be asking, what can I do to help? You may feel be feeling a little helpless right now. And maybe what I could suggest is as someone who loves to spend time in the kitchen, usually infusing things, but why not use that skill to help other people? When we're confused and lost and whatever's happening in the world, it's better to turn outwards, I think. And I know recently I've been making a lot of edibles because I've had extra time. Even though I'm back to work, they did cut the hours for everyone because we just weren't as busy as they thought we would be. So I still have a fair amount of free time on my hands. I've been making a lot of edibles. My husband loves to give away those edibles to friends and family by dropping them at the door anonymously. Of course, clearly marked so they know these particular edibles are infused, not just to eat them absentmindedly or share them with the wrong people. But that's a really great way to let somebody know that you're thinking about them. And of course, this and of course, it doesn't have to be infused. You could make something for someone that you care about. Let them know that you're thinking about them, non-infused, which may even in a lot of cases might be preferable, depending on who you're dropping it off to. I mean, if I'm dropping something off to my father, who's 88 years old, I'm not sure that he's going to be interested in edibles. He's actually kind of told me he's not really, but he has said I can grow some wheat out at his house. So that's kind of exciting and a huge step forward, considering my dad grew up in the reefer madness era and doesn't really know a whole lot about weed because he's never really been a consumer. He mentioned he was not in the circles where people smoked weed or anything. So there's a lot of misunderstanding about it, but he's come a long way. Actually, if you haven't heard that episode I did with him on generational perspectives, I encourage you to check that out. And a lot of the times it's having conversations with people in your circles that's going to have the most impact and reaching out to help people. Maybe it's a lonely person on your street or an elderly person who can't get out as much or a family that you know could be struggling. You know, maybe they're having trouble with bills or maybe they're just exhausted from all the child care. So why not use the time in the kitchen to do something for someone else? And I encourage you all to do that in whatever way that you can. Every little bit helps. I hope you're all well out there, and I appreciate you listening to this podcast during these weird times. Today we're going to be talking about rhubarb crumble. I happen to have a rhubarb patch in my backyard. I actually just planted it this year. My aforementioned dad had, actually it was my mom. My mom passed away about three years ago, and she had beautiful gardens when I was growing up. She loved gardening. 
there are oftentimes I think I wish I could ask her right now gardening advice because I like to garden too. I wouldn't say I have a green thumb, but I do enjoy getting outside on a beautiful day and, you know, poking around a little bit. But they have pretty expansive gardens when I was growing up. And alas, my dad is probably going to be selling the house in the next year or two and is taking out a lot of those gardens because he's just finding it's a lot of work. I mean, hell, he's 88 years old. He's turning 89 in in August. I guess he's entitled to do whatever the hell he wants at this point. But he's taken out these gardens. So I've been transplanting a lot of the things from those gardens into my own, sort of as an homage to my mother who had such a green thumb. I've already transplanted a few things last year and the year before, peonies in particular, because they were her favorite, and I do happen to love peonies too. It's a way for me to remember my mom when I'm out in my own yard. So I did transplant some rhubarb, which interestingly was a patch of rhubarb that was brought from my dad's childhood home. He remembers And again, my dad is quite, uh, you know, a completely different generation. He grew up on a train station in rural Ontario, one of eight siblings. And he recalls his mother doing dishes and tossing the dishwasher or dishwater out on the rhubarb, this rhubarb patch, which got transplanted back to my parents' house. And I just transplanted uh, some of that into my own yard. My sister has some at her house and, uh, It's just sort of a nice way to keep some of those memories alive. So I have rhubarb. I just transplanted it. It's not really growing yet to produce anything that I can use. But I also happen to get a weekly food basket from a local farmer. And I've been getting a lot of rhubarb lately. So it's definitely in season where I am, which is why I wanted to try this recipe. Because there's nothing, there's something really wonderful about using the freshest ingredients that you can find. So if you're in a place where rhubarb is plentiful. I encourage you to make this recipe that I'm going to share. It was simple and easy. I think a lot of crumbles, why they're so appealing is because they're a lot simpler than making a pie. As much as I love pie, I'm not really much of a pastry person. haven't spent a lot of time doing that. And this is faster. Of course, if you have a pre-made pie shell, that might make it easier, but I've been doing a lot of cooking from scratch lately. This rhubarb crumble recipe specifically stood out because it said it was kitchen tested and I had a lot of awards or something and it also got a lot of great reviews. And now that I've had a chance to make it, I can concur. I concur with the sentiments I found online about how great this recipe is. And the nice thing about it too is again, you can modify it. I'm always big on modifying recipes that you find online to work with what you happen to have. And it called for your your rhubarb. You can use fresh or frozen as well. I happen to have a lot of fresh rhubarb right now. So you use that. It called for a cup of diced peeled apples. I used a red apple I had in my fridge. I chose between the green apple, which I think was a Granny Smith. And with the tartness of the rhubarb and the tartness of the Granny Smith, I thought it might be a bit too much. But at the same time, I thought you could probably leave the diced apple out. And I don't know if you would notice it too much. It called for sliced strawberries. Now, I didn't have strawberries on hand. They're not really, uh, they're not quite in season yet here where I am. And I wasn't out at a store or anything recently. So I had some frozen strawberries and those worked really nicely. And unfortunately, the next person who goes into the bag of sliced frozen strawberries and bananas is going to find a lot of extra bananas because I picked a lot of the strawberries out. 
Uh, fam, if you're listening, yeah, it's your next smoothie is going to have a lot of banana, more than strawberry. But in any case, the recipe also suggested when I looked at it online that you could substitute things like frozen blueberries for the strawberries. And this is one of those things where you could probably experiment. Like maybe you have mixed berries, maybe blueberries. I thought about trying out the blueberries because I do have them. But depending on the flavor combinations you're interested in, if you have some frozen fruit in your freezer, you know, work with what you got. I did have frozen watermelon. I haven't actually tried that yet. I don't know if that would be so good, but just find some complimentary fa- flavors with the rhubarb, remembering that rhubarb is pretty tart, of course, and anything to soften that tartness is what you're going to be after. But it worked really well with the frozen raspberries, in my, or sorry, frozen strawberries. Now, it did call for butter, Again, I used coconut oil because that's what I have on hand. I haven't made more butter yet from my last when I found that it had gone bad a little bit. So I haven't made any more yet. And I find I tend to use coconut oil for a lot more things just because I have some people in my life that are vegan and another, well, my daughter, I guess, who's living with us right now, who doesn't who doesn't uh, like dairy. So this can easily easily be made into a dairy-free recipe by using coconut oil instead. And that seemed to work out quite fine. Now you are supposed to have your coconut oil or your butter cold because you're going to be slicing it into the, into the flour mixture to sprinkle on top. So do refrigerate your coconut oil or your butter before you make this recipe. That's really the only thing you have to think ahead for on this is to let it get cold enough. One thing that might be good is if it's softened, You may want to measure out the amount that you're going to be using. In this case, it calls for four tablespoons of cold butter, or like I said, in my case, coconut oil. You may want to measure that out first, just so that you're not trying to get the slice off the, like measure this stuff from a cold block of whatever, because it's just not going to be as easily measured. You know, you're trying to cut some coconut oil off of solid block and you're trying to get a tablespoon of it like you know, obviously if you've already measured it ahead of time, it'll be a lot easier because you know how much you have. Do measure out the four tablespoons ahead of time and then get it cold. I mean, if you don't do that, it's not a huge deal. I didn't do that ahead of time. I never really thought of it. And it was just, I found it more difficult to measure out the four tablespoons from the solid block of coconut oil that I had versus if I'd already pre-measured it. But I also didn't use the full four tablespoons infused because this was a dessert recipe and I just didn't want it to be too strong. I wanted it to be a a lower dose so that you could eat a bigger piece if you wanted to. I did two tablespoons of infused coconut oil and two tablespoons of non-infused coconut oil and that seemed to work just fine. I am going to say that I did find you do notice a bit of a weedy taste to it, especially in the spots where there might have been, I mean, I, you're supposed to cut the cold butter or oil into the flour mixture. And I'm not sure I did a great job of that. And so you might've gotten, I should have done it more because I found that there was probably chunks of infused coconut oil and then chunks of non-infused coconut oil. And then trying to like get that to disperse evenly over the entire pan of rhubarb crumble It wasn't as dispersed as I probably it could have been had I taken more time to chop in the cold, the cold butter to make it smaller, more crumbly. That's my only caveat with that, too, is you really do unless, you know, if it's not a big deal, depending on who you're serving it to, then don't worry about it too much. But 
You did notice a bit of a weedy taste as well, but it was pretty mild. I don't mind a mild weedy taste. And of course, there's all the sugar and the flavors of the fruit as well that really kind of mask it from being too strong. So in the end, the mild taste didn't really take away from the overall experience of this dessert. And I'm going to say it smelled divine while it was cooking. So it really does perfume your house because you do have to pop it into the oven after you put everything in the tray. But as far as the time goes to put it all together, it says prep time according to the recipe is about 20 minutes. That's probably fairly accurate. The biggest time, the most time you're going to be spending is probably chopping up your fruit, the the um, rhubarb or the diced apple. That's probably the most time consuming part. And then maybe chopping in the cold butter. But Basically, you're putting it all in a tray, you top it with some sugar and ground cinnamon, and then you top it with your flour mixture, which has the butter, the flour, and a little more sugar, your quick cooking oats, and that's it. You you layer it, you put it in the oven, and 30, 40 minutes later, I believe, it's all done. So I'll share this recipe with you in the show notes because I really enjoyed this one. But for some of you, you may not be into rhubarb or you find that a lot of the times the applications with rhubarb is always on the sweet side. And I guess that makes sense because rhubarb is, it's tart, so it tends to lend itself well to the addition of sugar. I was sent a recipe today by somebody, uh, as that so happened, and I haven't tried this one out, but I think I'm going to be because I have more rhubarb in my fridge from the farmer. And it's a rhubarb salsa. And I thought that was pretty interesting because you don't really consider rhubarb one of those those things you'd add to a salsa. I mean, you think traditionally of, you know, jalapeno peppers and, and tomato. And and I think I'm going to be trying this recipe out just because I like I have lots of rhubarb to work with. And I'd like to try something besides the crumbles. I do a lot of like rhubarb on the stove. I'll just sort of boil it down a little bit and make it uh, a bit of a sauce and you can add it to yogurts and ice creams and things like that. But again, that tends to be on the sweet side. I'll sweeten that with a little bit of honey. Some people may be looking for something that's not so sweet. So I'm going to include the recipe for the salsa in the show notes as well. Just a caveat, I haven't tried this recipe yet. I'm pretty curious to see how it'll turn out. I'll probably be making it this week, but I just happened to get this email today as I was planning on doing this podcast. So I thought, why not share it with you? Maybe you're one of those people that doesn't really like rhubarb crumble. Here's another option if you happen to have a lot of rhubarb. Rhubarb can grow pretty prolifically, that's for sure. So I hope you try these recipes out. If you do, let me know how you found them. I'm always happy to see pictures of what you've made and that kind of thing. You'll find all the show notes in whatever podcast platform you're using. And of course, you can always head on over to my website, bitemepodcast.com, where I'll have recipes, uh, probably the, the deeper show notes now, and you can leave a voice message. There's a tab on the right-hand side of the site. You can always leave a voice message. And I am going to be doing a listener Q&A episode probably coming up in the next few weeks. I've got a question or two already and I thought, you know, if anybody else has any more questions, I'll include them there as well. You can, you can of course, always email me too at bitemepodcast at fastmail.com and I love hearing from you. So please don't hesitate to reach out and let me know if you have any questions, comments, feedback, stories, whatever. I love hearing it all because I love talking about edibles. You know, I've been doing this podcast for actually almost a year now And people who enjoy cannabis and make edibles, unsurprisingly, are pretty amazing people. And I feel really blessed to have this platform to connect with all of you. 
So I really want to thank you for listening. I hope you try out these recipes or you find some value from this podcast and share the love with friends and family and those strangers in your life that may be struggling. We could all use a little encouragement these days. And I find personally, I've been following some Instagram accounts that I really like. They're probably on Facebook too, Upworthy and Tanks Good News and accounts like that just because it can get pretty depressing, but it's really beautiful to see human spirits connecting and love conquering over evil. And the accounts like these really do highlight the beauty of the human spirit when we all come together. And on that note, my friends, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay high.